0: So I might just start by um, asking you, Leo, thanks for meeting me today. (laughs) I sort of wanted to ask you about your experience, and this may take some time, but why you entered yoga and sort of your experience happening to here and how you've become sort of this voice (laughs) and what you do now. Yeah. So we're going to go through the journey a little bit. (laughs) But I may ask, which I didn't ask you when I Uh first met you, which is sort of what attracted you to yoga in the first place.
1: Got it. Uh, I started with a very conventional path Mm -hmm. of going to SFU, Mm -hmm. studying marketing.
0: We were in the same program.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I I did it for the first four years, but the fifth year was the tough one, because that's where I had a real moment with myself when I came back from from Taiwan. I went on a one-year exchange. And, you know, when you go on, on exchange and, and see the world, you know, your eyes are opened. And uh, my eyes opened when I came back and realized, okay, I don't want to do business because I projected myself into the future and knew that if I went down that route, I would end up, like, actually a lot of people that I already knew, uh, very unhappy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that year was tough because I still... Ha- wanted to finish the degree mm-hmm. but didn't know what I was doing it for. At least before I knew, okay, I'm going to be a businessman, I'm going to make a lot of money. Uh, there's that purpose. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm doing these four or five years of, of university, even if it's not like exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. So that last year was tough because after that, that degree, most people dread the question, what am I going to do now? I had no, no fucking clue. Mm-hmm. And so it was a very depressing year, after coming back from Taiwan, which was really, really amazing and life-changing. And so I then just said, fuck it, I'm gonna sell my stocks, the money that I had saved up, mm-hmm. and I went traveling for about two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it started with me cycling from Vancouver to Mexico. Whoa. Yeah, and it was with a, with a group that was started in this FU. Uh, called Global Agents for Change and we were all doing it for a cause <laughs> and we all raised over a hundred thousand dollars together wow. collectively for microfinance finance uh, institutions so that was a bonus you know you get to go and ride with 20 other people and have this adventure mm-hmm. I never actually owned a road bike before that
0: Wow You know?
1: so it was just me like taking the plunge mm-hmm. And the bonus was, like, I get to do it for a cause.
0: Did it give you a sense of purpose to some degree? Yeah, but,
1: you know, to be honest, at that time, I was just so self-absorbed. It didn't really, like, it was like a bonus, really. It wasn't mm-hmm. really my first initial reason for doing it. Mm-hmm. I'm just being very honest, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was doing it for myself because I, I needed change, right? right? Uh, the fact that I had that behind me was very helpful, of course. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Looking back now, I see, like, oh, um that probably did help for sure Mm -hmm. and then I just continued traveling because I knew like if I came back I'd be in a very similar spot like I hadn't really stepped into the whole experience of what I was feeling so I needed more I needed to go search and, and find more so I traveled through Mexico and Guatemala Uh, all the way over to Panama, Colombia, down in Peru. This was about eight months. Wow. And I really learned a lot about myself through that travel and experienced yoga for the first time.
0: Oh. Where? I got to ask where.
1: Okay. This was in Peru.
0: Ah. Yeah, in Peru.
1: Mm -hmm. And it was through a a woman. She was about the same age as me. Mm -hmm. And I saw what she was doing. I said, this is interesting. You know, this is... It wasn't like this, like wow. Now I know I need to be a yoga teacher. It wasn't mm-hmm. that moment. It so it slowly creeped in. Mm-hmm. It just planted the seed, but you know I never considered being a yoga teacher at all.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Went back to Vancouver after the Olympics, living my parents' home, mm-hmm. unemployed, mm-hmm. thinking that I would uh, stumble upon a job of some kind. Mm-hmm. Never happened. <laughs> And my dad had a bad back, mm-hmm. and his doctor said, you should do yoga. Mm. And so my dad was doing yoga, and my mom would go from time to time with him. And I wasn't doing anything, I was just being a bum at home. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, come and do yoga with me. And that's when I really started to like feel some of the mm. effects.
0: Mm-hmm. What kind of effects?
1: Of... You know, any <laughs> Most people are not able to actually say, you know, say what that actually is. That's hard for me to say Yeah, it's a difficult
0: question. Uh,
1: I just know that after the practice, usually it's an hour, hour and 15 minutes, I I couldn't get off my mat. Like, I just sat there very still. There's a very peaceful, uh, still place. And, you know, sometimes... When you go to a country you've never been to, but you step off the plane, you feel like, oh, I've been here before. Mm -hmm. This is home. Mm -hmm. I felt like that when I went to India. Down the road, five minutes down the road, (laughs) I can tell you I go to India. And that's how I felt, too. Okay. You know, there's certain places, certain feelings, certain people you meet, this Mm -hmm. sense of being home. Like, this is familiar. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt it. I wasn't, like, spiritual or anything before that, either. Mm -hmm. Felt that. And it was, like, very resonant. You know, it was the, it was the uh, comforting feeling amongst all of the confusion, depression, and uh, pressure of not knowing what am I going to do with my life at the age of 20, 21, 22, you mm-hmm. know. But also that's the, the age where I'm starting to think for myself as well. Right. And so that led me to go to India and do my teacher training.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'd practiced about six months. Mm-hmm. Not very much. Could barely touch my toes. Mm-hmm. And I just went on a whim because like, that's how a lot of my life was anyways. I was just doing things for the sake of doing it and, and not thinking too much about it and just going all in. Mm-hmm. So I went to India for three months, mm-hmm. did my teacher training there. Uh, amazing experience for myself mm-hmm. even at that point I didn't know that I wanted to teach because like I was very uncertain about myself
2: mm-hmm.
1: did a little bit more traveling uh, eight months later I come back home again and I say to myself okay I'm not gonna I can't do this again where I s- sit at home waiting for something to happen mm-hmm. you know? so I said well I've got this certificate as a teacher Let's apply myself. I gotta I gotta try. Right. You know. So for the first three months I was like, you know, I don't know if I wanna be a teacher, maybe let's see how it goes. But it started to grow on me. So it took a long, a long time for me to really feel the passion of teaching. Right. And I said to myself, if after one year I am successful at doing this full time, I can make a living out of it, then I'm gonna stick with it. If after a year you know I, I'm still living at home I'm poor uh, I'm not happy okay I'll give it a shot let's we'll move on right? right but after after even just six months I was teaching a lot being able to do it full time um and and really enjoying it. I, could, I could feel my heart light up and feeling on purpose oh wow yeah the feeling of being on purpose is is not something you can buy Mm-mm. yeah Sometimes you get lucky, you stumble upon it. Sometimes you work hard and you find it. Mm-hmm. But that's, I, I just so happened to, to come across it. Mm-hmm. And that took time. That took several years. Yeah. And that led me to six years of teaching.
2: Yeah.
1: And I really dived in. I took a training every year. Wow. Uh, I seeked out mentors and... Taught at any place I could possibly teach, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere from Maple Ridge all the way down out to Kitsilano.
0: Give me an idea of sort of what your week was like when you were teaching, because in, that's pretty, that's intense. Yeah, mm-hmm. in the
1: beginning, I had so much fire. I taught like fifteen classes. Oh wow! And now, I think for a lot of teachers that's pretty typical, mm-hmm. but for me back then it was it was a lot mm-hmm. because. My body and my mind was just getting used to being so focused and present for those hours. Mm-hmm. You, know, you really can't think about anything else, mm-hmm. nor does my mind go anywhere else. It's, it's just in that moment, mm-hmm. in that class. So it was a lot, but at the same time, because I was so driven by my purpose, it didn't feel like I would burn out. Burnout right. was out of the question. Right. It was like, oh, that's, that's not me. That, that's people that don't take care of themselves right. and uh, aren't on purpose. Right. Right? Right. And that's not going to be me. Mm-hmm. Like, I was convinced because mm-hmm. of what I was actually feeling in my life. Right. And so it was a lot of driving back and forth, a lot of different studios.
0: Right. How long does it take to even prep for a class? I think these are some things people yeah. don't think about.
1: Early on, I would say the first three years, Mm -hmm. prepping would take anywhere from half an hour to an hour. Right. Now, when you prep for one class and you teach at one studio, you don't really need to prep for another class at a different studio. Mm You can teach essentially the same class. Right. And then you get to the point of sort of knowing your students so well that you kind of get the sense, okay, so-and-so is going to be at this class, and I know that this group at this studio typically practices like this mm-hmm. uh, I can gear this practice to them right? and there will be less question marks and uncertainties about oh am I going to have a newbie come in I'm going to have a pregnant woman come in mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I'm slowly collecting so many tools that I could walk into a class without a plan and completely improvise based on right. who I see in front of me mm-hmm. and it got to that point where I could do that mm-hmm. right? now That was also uh, a downfall to my teaching because it got into my fourth and fifth and sixth year where I got a little bit arrogant and a little bit lazy, more honestly lazy, and that's when I stopped learning too,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know? I, I don't know if
0: you're lazy if you're teaching fifteen classes a <laughs> week, just saying. But
1: well, I hear what you, I hear yeah, your point. Yeah, hmm. it, it was like I wasn't as putting as much effort as I was in the beginning, which is like a lot of things. Exactly. Right? It's a lot of things like that. And then I stopped trying to Look at different ways in which I create a class. Mm-hmm. The whole process of creating a class is creative.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and so when I stopped being creative, mm-hmm. then some of the passion starts to f- dwindle. Right. Things be- become uh, routine. Right. That's another thing I never thought that I would ever experience is the feeling of teaching a class being routine. Right. Especially when each one is going to be so unique. Hmm. Each class has a different set of students. Uh, Every class, I'm experiencing something different. But there came a point where I started dragging my feet in to the classroom. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to first experience this feeling of burnout.
0: Right, and what's that feeling like? Like, what are the things, it's a difficult thing to sort of explain, but you're saying that you were dragging your feet and it felt routine. There's more to that, Yeah. right?
1: It was very, very hard to show my heart, mm-hmm. uh, to express who I r- actually was, because mm-hmm. that was something I really tried to do, was ex- was share with my students who I am as a person, what my personal life is like. Mm-hmm. And I really did not want to open up that door to anybody. Right. I was being very courteous and polite mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and welcoming, mm-hmm but it took a lot of effort. I think it, for you as a server, you kind of know. Mm-hmm. You just turn on that server mode, mm-hmm. do what you need to do, but mm-hmm. then you get the fuck out yeah, after. Yeah, absolutely. Right?
0: But over a period of years, yeah. it is emotionally, mentally draining.
1: You swallow those, like, complaints. Yeah. And that's what I was doing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And I just said, uh, do the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, I've got this sequence in my head. I'm just going to teach it.
0: Like, if you made it through the day, that was yeah. good enough?
1: Like, I would wake up the last minute I had to wake up to get to my morning class. Right. And I never experienced that before.
0: When did you notice that sort of happening? You said around the fourth year or?
1: No, it was about the fourth or fifth year when the poison of money came into my mind.
0: Okay, and what do you you mean by that?
1: Well, I moved to Vancouver. My rent doubled. Right. I started listening to all the other people's stories about about not having enough money mm-hmm. rent being high what mm-hmm. am I going to do about buying a house I want to build a family mm-hmm. uh you know teachers saying they're not make enough money mm-hmm. so then I started to worry about all of that right you know you took it on I took it on mm-hmm. and when I took that on I started to then really focus on how can I make more money then
0: right So what was your answer at that time?
1: My answer at the time was doing a lot of different things that was outside of teaching yoga, Mm. which was both good and bad. It let me be creative in the ways that I wasn't being creative in the classroom. Mm. Because to be honest, it was just like, I became proficient enough at creating classes that that wasn't a creative process anymore. Right. So I created other things like teacher trainings, Mm -hmm. workshops. Wow. Uh, and then this podcast. Right. Yeah. I created this podcast because it was both for two reasons. One, it was a selfish reason because I wanted to use it as an advertising tool. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my marketing mind coming right. in for my online course that I was also creating. Mm-hmm. This online course, which is what everyone is now wanting to do, mm-hmm. be their own entrepreneur, make $100,000 a year mm-hmm. selling an online course. Mm-hmm. I wanted to sell an online course to teach yoga teachers how to be confident in their first three years this right. is the challenge of a lot of teachers mm-hmm. and it was very very stressful creating this course yeah I could
0: imagine were you still teaching basically full-time yes. at this point
1: teaching full time trying to create this course in between the classes mm-hmm. that I would uh, during the day mm-hmm. and figuring out this whole world online world that I did, didn't know I felt like I had the capacity to learn it all, which I did. I mm-hmm. got very close to launching this course, mm-hmm. but it burned out before I actually launched it. And doing things like that, which took up a lot of my time and a lot of my mental space to actually show up for the people in the room during those hours. Right. I actually didn't want to be there because I wanted to actually stay home and work on my course. Right. But I couldn't because it wasn't feeding me. Like, right. it, like it wasn't paying my bills, so mm-hmm. I had to. Mm -hmm. So then it's kind of like the teaching gig became like a server position Mm -hmm. for an actor or for like, Mm -hmm. you know, their real passion. Mm -hmm. And I never thought that that would be how it would turn out. And it was so uh, hypocritical and ironic because uh, here I am creating a course about how to be passionate and confident. Mm -hmm. And then I'm walking into the studios, totally not... Uh, living that.
0: Mm-hmm. It's hard, though. It's disillusioning, right? It's
1: disillusioning. So then when I came time to, to the, actually recording the course, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it authentically.
0: Right. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, I couldn't say to the, to, I couldn't say into the mic in the recording, you know, this is how you show up in a room. Right. You know, this is how you be confident. This is how you connect with people. Mm-hmm because I wasn't doing it at that time. I didn't know how to say it actually from my heart. I knew what it would take strategically, Mm -hmm. but I felt like a fraud teaching this course and having it recorded for the lifetime of the course, Mm -hmm. that that be my voice and that be uh, what it would be representative of. Mm -hmm. I knew that ultimately it wouldn't sell. Because people would not resonate with how it actually was in my life, mm-hmm. so I got really uh, sad and depressed about that. Yeah, how could you? I got stuck in a hole
2: mm-hmm.
1: of like I've gone this far and I've invested so much.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What am I? What do I do? Mm-hmm. So it was a whole year of again. Here what what do again. I do? Yeah. What do I do with my life?
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. I thought yoga was my life. Mm-hmm. Like it was going to be till I, till I die.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My life path. Mm-hmm. So it's like a quarter life crisis. Right. Yeah.
0: So what happens then?
1: <clears throat> well, what happens then was I started.
0: You're still doing external stuff, correct? Yes, you didn't complete the course, but you're doing your podcast. You're sort of working yeah. outside of teaching yoga as
1: well well I knew that the key was to connect with people okay I needed to reach out and create a community
0: okay and why where does that drive come from
1: well I knew community is what answers a lot of the things like depression and isolation
0: Yeah, absolutely right can you tell me a little bit about isolation I mean we haven't talked about that quite yet but I think it's an important part
1: well on the yoga teacher level isolation is very real And as we've said before, I've talked to you last time, mm-hmm. about it's, it's again, ironic mm-hmm. that as yoga teachers, our, our cause is to create connection. Mm-hmm. Yoga is union.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yet much of our experience of life is isolating. And the circ- those are the circumstances that the way in which the yoga teacher lifestyle is, Mm -hmm. you go into the studio, you're the only teacher to 30, 40, 50 students, and you don't have workmates. You don't have a team in which you work with. And if I, you know, your friend Jackie, Mm -hmm. we're on the roster together, but I've never met her. Right. Even if she teaches after or before me, I might pass her and speak for two minutes about like, oh, you know, what do you've got planned for this class? Mm -hmm. It's good to see you again. But I will never be able to really build a real connection with her. It would take years. It would take effort for me to say, hey, let's go out for coffee.
0: And ironically, here you are looking for that connection. I don't think people think about that. No.
1: And then I go home Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: work on other things, stress about money. Right. uh, And do that time in and time out. Mm -hmm. So... It, it was again like very what I believed in what I was doing were not congruent right. and you know that that's a recipe for disaster Yep. and I didn't know who to go to with these problems mm-hmm. I didn't want to go to my managers because I didn't want to come off as being weak
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, I didn't want to let them know that I was troub- having troubles, because what if they took away my classes Right. Uh, I didn't have relationships with other yoga teachers to be able to voice this to them right? and I definitely couldn't voice it to my students either I didn't have the courage to say that nor is that their responsibility Mm -hmm. you know so who do I go to well I figure well the only way is I've actually got to make the effort to create these relationships and create this kind of community where we can talk about it Mm -hmm. because it became very real that a lot of other people were feeling this way right And so if everybody else is feeling this way, we should all come together and see what we can do about it.
0: Absolutely.
1: So I did a number of things to try to create community.
0: Can you tell me about them?
1: Yeah. One was I wanted to do a speaker series because I started interviewing some some senior teachers who had more experience than me on the podcast. And... They 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 told me about to watch out for all of the things that I was going through and so
0: there's an awareness
1: there was an awareness already but there wasn't necessarily a solution there was Mm. just like maybe we could do this or you know no one no one really had like an answer to it because we also couldn't really grasp onto what really was the problem so yep so I was like I want to bring people together in an event Mm -hmm. where I can ask these questions to a panel of, of teachers mm-hmm. and have everybody be involved in the questioning mm-hmm. and the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I called it the Modern Yoga Talks mm-hmm. and I made it a three-part speaker series because I didn't want it to be one event where everyone goes, feels uh, really inspired mm-hmm. and then goes back out and, 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 and no change happens right. yeah, or no community is built. Right. So it was over a span of two to three months of the, where this, these events happened, and a lot of people were saying, yes, mm-hmm. I feel you. Um, this is exactly what we need. And I was like, great, this is awesome. But already at that point, I was at the tail end of my, of my, of my like, ability to hang on.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, what do you mean by that? I mean, like, I think I understand. But. Like,
1: I, I, it was already a, a, a real struggle mm-hmm. to to fight for this quote-unquote cause. Right.
0: Because I was already, I did, it was a little too late. A little too late. And... Did you see it as being hopeless? Is that too strong of a word?
1: It was just like, there was too many struggles at that point for me to handle all of the things that I was right. trying to... You were taking on a lot. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, even though I'd create this this community and had these events, uh, like I didn't have the energy to like uh, to hold the community together, because mm. it's eventually gonna fizzle unless somebody leads mm-hmm. it. So, my second effort to keep that going was something called the Teachers Circle, mm. and this was weekly meetings of yoga teachers.
0: And same thing, you discussed.
1: We would now discuss in an intimate circle, mm. uh, solely for yoga teachers, what is it going on, what's going on in your day-to-day, week-to-week mm-hmm. experience? How can we support each other? Mm-hmm. Uh, here's an opportunity for you to express what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Just being heard is often the, the key to uh, a lot of the things that we're struggling that through. That is so true. Right? Mm-hmm. That's just what I wanted to create. Mm-hmm. And people showed up, but meeting each week requires commitment. Right. I don't. There. That's another thing that I sense in the community is uh, a lack of commitment, and that's not. You know, I don't want to put blame or responsibility because I know how hard it is for me myself to commit to something.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, given that I have so many different things to do, mm-hmm. I don't even have a family, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things I can't commit to. Mm-hmm. So, but without commitment, there's no community. Right. You know, you can't build these relationships over just one night or two nights or just showing up from time to time when you can't. Mm-hmm. And I think that level of commitment was, was too much to ask. And so that also fizzled, up, fizzled out. And my ability to show up fizzled out. So without the encouragement and consistency of seeing success... Uh, I, you know, at a point also threw my hands up, too. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not sure if I have the answers given the state in which I'm in.
0: And what was that state? I mean, we've spoken to it. But at this point, where are you at?
1: Same state that I felt when I was in my fourth year of university. Right. What am I going to do with my life? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. How am I going to get myself out of this hole? Right. And who's going to be there for me when I'm at the very, when I'm I'm, I'm falling down? Mm Mm-hmm. All of this was just happening, whirling in my head. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, looking for another life path. I wanted to be a carpenter. I wanted to be a barber. I uh, wanted to travel the world again. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I I wanted. Maybe I'll be a broadcaster. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But nothing really stood out. I applied for a master's in Scotland to do outdoor education. Amazing. And so, like, I was just fishing for whatever. Get me out of this situation. And what got me out of the situation was actually uh, something to do with my relationship, actually. As you said, you know, before this conversation, when you experience burnout in your job, it Mm -hmm. doesn't just affect you and your job, it affects every
0: aspect of your life. Every aspect. And your own sense of identity, it goes right down to the root, is what Mm -hmm. I'm learning.
1: Yeah. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. And I felt that in my relationship. I was living with my partner at the time. Okay. Um, we're no longer together. I'm sorry about to hear that. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> it, it it all makes sense now. Ah, uh, of course.
0: <laughs> okay, you
1: got to tell me what you happened. Know, <laughs> we were living together for a mm-hmm. year. And I think if I were to speak for her, for her to experience me in the state that I was, it was very... Uh, Tough to also be in relationship with someone like that,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so that
0: relationship itself was also a bit of a burden for me because I wanted to keep that alive. Mm-hmm. So here you are struggling to keep every aspect of your external life alive. Yes. But you're dying inside. Maybe that's an exaggeration. Yeah, I'm, I'm, try,
1: I'm trying to be a hero and save yeah. and save every aspect of my mm-hmm. life. And we go to Hawaii together. Uh, as a way of like gifting this, maybe reigniting our fire. Right. But when we went away and we took some time to really decompress, Mm. uh, it became really real and true that we couldn't continue doing what we were doing. Mm. Two or three days later, we decided to not stay together.
0: Well, it's hard. In Hawaii? Yeah.
1: Uh, after we came back, two okay. or three days, we were lining back in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. She made the decision to not be in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And usually I'm the guy that, you know, I want to be committed. Mm-hmm. I want to do anything I can, just mm-hmm. like I was in yoga. Do anything I can. Commitment
0: and consistency. Yes. That's your thing.
1: But she taught me in that moment that, you know what, I, I really sat with myself and I said, you know what, you're right. Mm-hmm. I got to look. Like what you're what you're doing is the right thing. Mm-hmm. I need it, and, and also you need it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't fight. I didn't fight. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. The next day, I got offered the job that I have now. Wow. Which is uh, selling cars at Honda. Mm-hmm. I have no sales experience. no nothing about cars. Mm-hmm. I took the plunge mm-hmm. and just like this is this is this is my saving saving grace. Mm-hmm. Accepted the job. I knew I also had to move out because we were living with. I was living with my girlfriend. Right, right. That weekend, I looked on Commercial Drive. The very first place I applied for, uh, I actually got.
0: Okay, so that's almost near impossible, in. Vancouver. Yes.
1: <laughs> I was the very first person that showed up in this bachelor suite that I thought was, you know, when you look at the pictures, ah, it's kind of small.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's probably not what I want, but I'm gonna go check it out anyway. Yeah. First person to show up. My landlord, uh, you know, welcomes me, and tells him I'm a car salesman. I'm like kind of unsure, cause like, you know, car salesmen are make, you know, they make commission, and they don't know what their rent, you know, what their salary is gonna be like. He's like, oh, well, I used to be a car salesman. Wow. So we built rapport on that. Right. He said, you've got the place. So in a matter of one week, my whole life changed. No longer a re- in a relationship no longer teaching yoga and now living in a completely different community
0: Take a, to take a step back I'm not trying to put a spiritual yeah. lens but why do you what do you think in you was required for that shift it's a strange complete question complete surrender right
1: I had to completely let go of my identity as a yoga teacher mm-hmm. that uh, there's nothing for me to try to save or change
0: wow yeah
1: that I can do anything. And I just followed the signs. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, I'm
0: tearing up. Yeah. I followed yeah. the signs. Mm-hmm.
1: And I also knew in my life I did that once with business. And I, I saw that those two years of traveling changed my life. Mm-hmm. And this is just in the same thing. Mm-hmm. This is me going through a transformation. Mm-hmm. And so I, I allowed that to happen, mm-hmm. despite all of the fear of the unknown.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I did it anyways, mm-hmm. and I am now more on purpose than I've ever been before.
0: Well, I'm happy to hear it. <laughs> yeah. I'm very happy to hear it. Yeah,
1: but it was... Again, uh, one to two years of a lot yeah. of struggle and a lot of hardship internally.
0: In those two years, do you think that you would have? I mean, you said it earlier, but did you ever consider I'm burning out or did you feel like you had to do more? Like, where? What was that internal process at that time?
1: I knew I was burning out, mm. but I knew I would not be able to safely say without regret that I did my best until I actually did my best right so I needed to fully burn out right in order for me to actually allow myself to surrender and Mm -hmm. choose something new in my life
0: Mm -hmm. you know yeah because if I
1: moved on and let's say just did a temporary job of some other kind or like went back to school Mm -hmm. I would always wonder what if right you know or I copped out or sold out Mm mm-hmm now, this is also another thing that I thought about, like, why didn't I do it earlier? And I, I think that for yoga teachers, uh, I'll speak for myself for now, mm-hmm. there was some shame
0: about, quote-unquote, selling out or leaving. It's something I've heard from the teachers that I've spoken to. Right. Yeah. I think I a lot like of, Almost like it's not an option
1: It's not a op- shame. Right. Mm-hmm. There's some shame because I think a lot of us go in with a very noble cause Mm -hmm. for noble reasons Mm -hmm. of wanting to help other people Mm -hmm. and when I tell you that now I sell cars and I'm doing it solely for my own purposes of making money Mm -hmm. uh not very noble anymore right Mm -hmm. like what happened to helping people and and making a difference Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, I've had to let all that go, and that really actually doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. I can help people no matter what I do. That's exactly it. But the identity of being a yoga teacher is so strong. Mm. Also, the lifestyle and the prestige of being a teacher.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, what do you mean by the prestige of being a teacher? Well, this
1: is my personal impression. Mm-hmm. When I lived in Kitsilano, I felt like a celebrity. right that is put on you whether you like it or not
0: yeah there's a lot of projections
1: yes mm-hmm. and I as a human being will take it on as much as I like to right. sometimes I, ch- I check in and, and humble myself and other times like, you know what I kind of like being recognized mm-hmm. I like being stopped in the street and being said hello to mm-hmm. I like that more people know me than I know them mm-hmm. uh, I like the fact that people look up to me
2: mm-hmm.
1: I like the fact that I get to create my own schedule and work work in my own terms. Mm-hmm. No one owns me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a boss to any... Uh, I'm not an employee to anybody. Mm-hmm. And I hold the keys to wisdom. Right. I hold the key to people's uh, relief from their anxiety and their right. hardships in life. Right. And they come to me for this source of source of their problems. Right. Uh, how arrogant, right?
0: No, I think it's real.
1: <laughs> it's real, but at the same time, also not true. Mm-hmm. It's not actually true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so that's, that's the
2: sense, though,
0: that, right? That's why I
1: say, you know, how arrogant me of me to think that at that time. But I don't think it's uh, certainly not uncommon. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I can see why why I would I would have done mm-hmm. that because yeah, I, I I know I did make a difference. Mm-hmm. I know I did have impact, mm-hmm. but that's why it was also very hard to to leave that kind of job. Right. Uh, for on so many different w- levels.
0: Yeah, we've talked about the sort of purpose level. What other levels? I mean, we're talking about sort of this the social or external social aspect. And status. What else is there? And now it's tough.
1: I think for me, I invested so much right. of my money and time. And when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I'm like, I've never written a resume in like six years. Right. I've never applied myself in any other way. What skill sets do I have? Right. Like, who am I now? Mm-hmm. Do I really want to enter back into Normality and conventional society. Right. Again, another illusion that I thought Mm -hmm. that I was above it all. Mm -hmm. Mhm. You know, all these issues of worthiness. Right. And also, like, what are other people going to think of me? Right. If Mm -hmm. I if I drop out. Mm Mhm. So. You know, it's very it was very convoluted. Mm Mhm. And so many things made it drag on for longer than it had to.
0: Mm. It's not uncommon.
1: (laughs) Not uncommon, right. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was only until I actually... The exit strategy was forced upon me. Right. That I actually could get myself out of that situation. Mm -hmm. And thank God.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: You know. But life through that me because I need to learn all of that I need to experience all of that I believe that yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: so here I am today now having the time and space to reflect upon that whole experience mm-hmm. and see it for what it was mm-hmm. and be able to now speak openly about it mm-hmm. without the fear of losing my job I really didn't want to speak out too, too loudly and too too uh, openly about my situation because you know what if my managers heard about it mm-hmm. you know or what if my students heard about it
0: leo that's something i've spoken to at least 20 yoga teachers now um but that's something that comes up they'll speak to me personally yeah. but they it's tough there's a real fear there's a real fear there
1: there's a big gap between the teacher and the manager They're,
0: yeah that's the last thing i sort of wanted to speak to mm-hmm. um What do you you mean by that?
1: We don't have a relationship.
0: Right. Does that come back to the idea of sort of isolation or that team, that community?
1: Yeah. And this has been a gripe of mine for a long time. Mm -hmm. I don't want to place blame and responsibility. And that's something I I need to take responsibility for is not reaching out to managers more Mm. and being vulnerable with them. Right. Saying that this is what I'm going through, how can you help me? Right. How can you support me? Just like the passing through between teachers, mm-hmm. managers is even less frequent. Right. Uh, one, they're either at uh, their main office mm-hmm. or the owner of the, st- the, the, the studio is doing their bookkeeping at home. Right. Uh, you know, they just can't be at the studio at all times, mm-hmm. nor can they tend to everybody's, every teacher's needs. Right. Or at least they felt like they couldn't.
0: I've spoken to a few owners who speak to that. They speak to the business of yoga. Yes. The business aspect of yoga, which affects their relationship with their teachers.
1: I'm a business person too. Yeah. And to run a a good business, you must have team meetings.
0: Absolutely. You're right. So that would be a solution for you.
1: That's my personal opinion. Yeah. Minimum once a month. Right. Right. For, one, the teachers to learn meet one another as we've spoken. They don't meet enough, right. often enough. And then for me to actually meet the person that pays my bills. Right. And understand what is their vision. Mm-hmm. What do they expect from me? How mm-hmm. can I do a better job? Mm-hmm. and Feedback, like, too. Yeah. That's feedback. The, the, to me, it's very basic. Mm-hmm. But um, it just was, I guess, it was not part of the culture. And, and no place had I taught at ever actually
0: embodied and, and
1: and executed on that
0: i don't know if you can answer this but it's just a question mm-hmm. <laughs> why isn't that a part of the culture because it seems like that's such a fundamental we've talked about yoga yeah. sort of being this yeah. bringing to union uh-huh. and you'd want to as this outsider you want to yeah. expect that and that's projections i'm sure you sure. get from your students all the time but mm-hmm. like you expect this sort of person and union and this collective mm-hmm. like what what in the culture do you think is it the go 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 is it time what is it
1: well I like that you said that it's just a projection you know me being a yoga teacher is just like me putting on a jacket exactly underneath it all I'm still a human being mm-hmm. when I get on a bus I don't talk to anybody hmm I don't know my neighbors hmm so some days
0: you're mad. Some days yeah. you're in pain. You yeah. know?
1: For the most part, I don't like connecting with people. Yeah. I don't. Mm-hmm. So I don't blame other teachers and other, uh, the managers t- to feel any different. Right. It takes a powerful leader and someone that uh, is, doesn't give a fuck about what other people think right. to go out and be different. That's so true. So I just maybe haven't come across somebody that has inspired me in that way and mm-hmm. actually is living that in their life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's probably why, like, they decide not to, like, extend it and make the extra effort to make these relationships because, like myself, money gets in the way. Right. Uh, things that seem to be more important mm-hmm. take priority. Mm-hmm. But now when I look at it, I think investing in the welfare of the teachers Mm -hmm. is the most important thing. We are the product and the service.
0: I happen to agree. Yeah. What do you think that would look like? Let's say ideal situation. Like What would that look like? That
1: would look like meeting once every two weeks. Mm -hmm. And hearing from every teacher uh, what they think. Right. needs to be improved. And then hearing what the owner's vision is mm. for all of us. Mm-hmm. How can we work together? Um, I also see the, the the yoga space being more of a place as, as like a second home. It's a second home for a lot of students, mm. but not for us as teachers. Mm. Like when I go to work now, I spend actually most of my waking hours at Honda mm-hmm. And that is like my second home. I, I don't really feel like, oh, I, I can't wait to get home now. Like, right. It's just sort of like, oh, I
0: think it's time for me to go home now. It's 9 yeah. o'clock at night. Right. <laughs> you but know? you never felt that teaching? I never felt the need to stick around. Do you think it's because teachers have to go from studio to studio or do you think it comes back to this culture again?
1: Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. So if one owner invested more time mm-hmm. and money into me, I could now focus all of my energy on just their community mm-hmm. and building the relationship at one particular place. That's so true. Um, That's so true. I don't have the solutions, but I think it's not really a strategic one. It's mm-hmm. going to be one that is on a much deeper uh, Deeper relational level.
0: Yeah, it's like a value-based thing too,
1: right? When you've changed your values, then everything you do Mm -hmm. and everything that you execute will be different.
0: Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I've seen it in my own life.
1: So takes
0: a couple years though. It takes time.
1: (laughs) You know, we're nowhere near or close to that. Mm -hmm. But we'll go back to it. Community is the solution to burnout Mm -hmm. because the cause, in my opinion, of what burnout is, is not physical exhaustion. I agree. It's not that the like, hours are too long mm-hmm. or that we even get paid not enough. Mm-hmm. $50 an hour is unheard of in any, mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot of other professions mm-hmm. for, for a job that, uh, that I was trained for mere two, uh, 200 hours. Mm-hmm. I could be a yoga teacher in a matter of three weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can't agree with people when they say we should be paid more Mm -hmm. or that we don't get paid enough. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Of course, yeah, it would be nice to have more money, but just at this current state, I don't think that's the real reason for why we burn out. Yeah, what is? Lack of connection. Yep. Lack of uh, empathy for Mm -hmm. other people's hardships and successes Mm -hmm. and the feeling of being in it together right working towards a cause mm-hmm. that is another thing I was very uh, was very cloudy was what is our cause right I'm working for an organization and trying to um, help them in moving f- closer towards their goals mm-hmm. But I don't know what their goals are. Exactly. They've written their mission statement, but their goals might be to make more money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Great. Just tell me that you want to make more money. I'll help you do that. Right. I'll feel like I'm a part of something then. Yeah. That's very clear of what's Honda's goals is yeah. to make, make sales. Yeah. That's your target. Great. I'm going to work towards that. Right. Uh,
0: it's clear and honest. It's
1: clear and honest.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
1: my cause also in my life right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm aligned with you. Let's do yeah. it but when it came to teaching yoga i don't know because we it was never communicated
0: right like you said it was cloudy and i suppose yes. it would vary too quite it would, dr- it yeah it would
1: vary but at least if you tell me then i know how 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 to how to gear my life and what i want and figure out what i want in my life
0: mhm and help because that yeah. is part of the whole thing in the yeah. first
1: place too so you know living in a society where you're around people relationships is everything
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know when you die at like you know whatever age most people say it's not about the money it's not about what
0: you don't take it with you, you that's what it, my mom said. it's about the relationships
1: I mean <laughs> yeah. this, these are cliches yeah but that's what I live for now
0: yeah it's
1: what I live for and wow. it was very sad to
0: not have that Right. And yet be responsible for giving it to other people. I think there's a pressure there. Yeah. I, I
1: wanted relationships, you know, at least with students, but even then, there is the barrier between a teacher and a student, too. Yeah. And the, the time that is allotted to building these relationships in a yoga class mm-hmm. is very minimal, too. Mm-hmm. You know, the next teacher is starting their class 15 minutes after you. You got to right. rush out, clean all your stuff, get in and out. Right. It, it was like a factory. Right. And uh it eventually really sucked the life force out of me. Mhm. Because for me this is how I am. This is my DNA is. I'm very relational. Mhm. And to not have that, it was just not worth going on.
0: Right. Empty.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I told you it was. It's not about the money at the end of the day. I could have probably lived in in a state of poverty for a mm-hmm. lot longer. Mm-hmm. I was fine. Like I, am very. I my life is very simple. Mm-hmm. You know, my rent has actually never been over a thousand dollars. Mine either. Uh, yeah. Thank God, right? <laughs> Thank
0: God. Yeah.
1: And that's actually afforded me to do a lot of things mm-hmm. and create a lot of things that didn't actually make me money,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So, you know, I'm willing to work for pennies if it's something that I believe in. Right. But I lost belief because I just wasn't sure what I what I what I wanted or what I was living for. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what I was waking up for. Mm-hmm. And that, in my opinion, is what why burnout happens
0: in mine too and I think you're I think you sharing your story there's so many other people that are too afraid to even talk about it and so I thank you for talking to me about it yeah of course a lot I think you're gonna help people just by sharing thank you yeah
1: yeah and I was only able to share it until after it all happened Mm. wouldn't have been able to have this conversation with you three months ago right I really had to step out of that situation to now look back at it and see it from an un- unbiased point of view.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was very resentful, mm-hmm. had a lot of blame,
0: mm-hmm.
1: had a lot of stories in my head.
0: Mm-hmm. That's and natural though.
1: Yes. Given the circumstances. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's hard to take responsibility, I was always pointing the finger mm-hmm. and I couldn't, how could I make change by, if I was pointing the finger? Right. You know? I mean we can all ask ourselves that. Right. Right? Yeah. So I think it's now at least a little bit more possible, even though I'm not teaching yoga, mm-hmm. to have a little more effect on the people that are going through what they're going through mm-hmm. in any profession as you're saying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there are common threads. Definitely. There are common very threads. common threads. One is purpose and identity. Yeah. Expectations of self. High achievers, driven people who don't stop. Mm-hmm. They are sort of common threads, you know? Yeah. Anyways, thank you. Of course. <laughs> You'll hear from me again. All right. Okay.